Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Well, hello there and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, coming to you live from the heartland of America right here in Nebraska. Today's show is called Conscious Leadership to Transformational Leadership Perspectives from Indian Spirituality. Now, before we get started, just a quick reminder. During the breaks, go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And you can also contact me by emailing me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can also go to this platform, it's Voice America, go to the Empowerment Channel, you can find me there. And of course, I'm on social media on LinkedIn and Facebook. And also to the listening audience, this is a live show. So if you have a comment or a question, feel free to call in and be part of the conversation today. Now, today we're talking about Conscious Leadership to Transformational Leadership, that's Perspectives from Indian Spirituality. And joining me today is Dr. Prasad Kaipa. And Dr. Kaipa, he's a thought leader in innovation, leadership, and change management. And he's been recognized as one of the top management thinkers of Indian origin by Thinkers 50. He has advised and coached 130 plus C-level executives at Fortune 500 companies. And if you do the math, that's a lot of the Fortune 500 companies. He's also co-authored the best-selling book, From Smart to wise. And these are just a few of the interesting facts about him, among many, that you will learn about Prasad as we have our conversation today. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Prasad. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be with you again. It is. And, and, you know, I was reflecting on you and I connected several years ago at the International Leadership Association in Denver. And it was there I was featuring my work on first generation Asian Indian leaders in higher ed. And you and I <clears throat> struck up a conversation and we've just remained connected ever since. And so it was a, ma- a match made in, in heaven, I guess you would say. But we, 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 we've remained connected. And, yeah, and yeah I, I was actually finishing up my book and... Uh, yeah, and at that time, I was on the board of ILA, and I really liked what you were doing and how well you are doing it. So I appreciated knowing you and the way in which you paid attention to uh, different cultures and uh, learning about them and making a big difference. Well, it's it's a passion of mine, and you know I, I talk about that on my show all the time. I, I've got four pillars in my life, and that's leadership, education, communication skills, and culture. And culture is such a huge part of everything that we do. You know, and just thinking about this global environment that we're in now, it's just so I think imperative for leaders to be really thinking about culture, not only about your company culture, but just culture. Period. It's it's paramount, really. I agree, because the culture is the invisible root for uh, cultivating uh, our own consciousness. So um, when we begin to pay attention to the culture, in addition to individual leadership, transformation and energy become a lot more easily available. I agree. And, you know, culture, I, I, I love how you say invisible, because you can't necessarily touch it. But you know yeah. you you can feel it, 
if that makes any sense. The, the culture, whether it's a healthy culture in a corporation or an unhealthy culture, you just feel it, you know it. And sometimes, like I said, you can't put your finger on it, but it's there mm-hmm. and we all know it. Yeah. Sometimes probably we say it as uh, um, subtle, like, you know, when you join an organization, you don't know what the rules are. But if you break a rule, the reactions of other people will tell you that you have gone a little too far. So, uh, so yes. the key is to recognize that the culture is the subtle boundary, invisible boundary, that either creates safety and security so that people can be nurtured by the energy in the system, or uh, they can also recognize that they have gone too far and they need to pull themselves back to create the belonging in the system. So uh, it is definitely more energy. As you talk about transformational energy, it is the energy that manifests either in terms of employee engagement, in terms of innovation, in terms of personal leadership. But because energy gives you a sense ahead of time. Yes, I agree. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. Well, we were talking about culture, and very much so. It's it's you can feel it, and like I've I have talked about ever since the show has started, is talking about energy, and energy is, boy, when someone walks in the room and they and you there's that charisma that's about someone, you feel it, and it's the same about a culture within a company. It's you can feel it, and very much what Dr. Prasad Kaipo was talking about was that. When we break rules, even though we don't know the rules, we sure find out <laughs> quickly whether we're in alignment with that culture or not. So, we, he unfortunately, Dr. Prasad Kaipa, his, his phone line has dropped, and I'm, I'm wondering, is he back yet? Okay, not so much. Okay, great. Are you there, Prasad? Yeah, I am. Sorry that the <laughs> call got disconnected. No worries, we lost you for a minute, but I was just continuing right. the conversation when you fell off that it's it's so, just like you said, when you're in a company, for example, or, or not even a company, just a group, a community, and like like you were saying, when you break a rule, all of a sudden you find out about it, even though the rules aren't really necessarily written, and it's it becomes yeah. abundantly clear if you're in alignment or not. <laughs> yes, Exactly. And that's the reason why we can say the structures and the systems and processes uh, essentially give us the boundaries at a uh, safety level, but the culture is the one which are the rules and the rewards and recognitions and many other things which we can't put our finger on it, but they subtly create an environment for love, for energy, for enthusiasm and engagement. I think the transformation occurs in that domain a lot more than uh, in the visible domain. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm struck by, I want to give our listening audience just a, a flavor of who you are. And could you speak a little bit about the passion that drives you when we think about leadership and the work that you've done over the years and what you're currently doing. Talk more about that passion, that energy that drives you. Sure, Matt. Um, I was actually a technology person, Matt, 
Mm-hmm. I studied physics and I was a professor of physics in the University of Utah. And uh, I got carried by uh, the uh, little Macintosh that came out uh, as, at the beginning of the personal computer revolution, the Apple Macintosh in 1984. Uh, that allowed me to, again, that's an example of uh, energy and how it transformed me. Uh, it allowed me to get... Um, Macintosh to become a tool through which I did a lot of physics papers and physics research. And uh, at some time, people got so excited about the tools I'm using for my research rather than the research itself. And the next thing I know, I was in Apple. And again, in Apple, I got caught with not just the Macintosh, but... uh, Uh, I was focused on what are the next generation tools that we are designing for people to learn, for people to think, and for people to lead. And uh, that led me to recognize that most of the artificial intelligence work that was going on in organizations was more heady, but it didn't tap into the energy. It didn't tap into who we are. Uh, you know, like what we call the being versus doing. It is like it didn't tap into our being, but it always was about our thinking and our doing. So that led me to recognize that uh, some of the spiritual frameworks, philosophical frameworks, are more important than just the psychological frameworks because the psychology is very helpful, but at the same time, the mindset is one level above the mind. So if we want to change the mindsets and transform people, we need to get into energy. We need to get into spirit of who we are and the consciousness. And that's what I have been doing for the past 30 years, um, working with the consciousness of the organization, consciousness of the leaders, and how uh, that conscious leadership can create conscious culture, higher purpose, and uh, transformation, both in the culture and in the individual. And so that, is, has, that has been my passion that led me to this journey, Matt. And it's so fascinating to think about you were there when the computer revolution was really taking hold. You were there when, with Steve Jobs. You were you were in the moment when all these things were just moving at a fast pace in terms of technology. And then you start looking mm-hmm. at the work by James McGregor and Warren Burns and other leadership right. gurus, right, in terms of being – it's so much more when it comes to leadership it's so much more than just you know being on the top of a pyramid and telling the worker bees to to do the work what you're saying is yeah it's so much deeper than that exactly because top of the pyramid leaders can only sense the energy can only sense what's going on in the organization and they can give direction look i remember an example uh, in uh, 2002, uh, I was doing something called uh, Thai Institute. It's an institute for entrepreneurs uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, we were doing some programs to teach soft skills for all the entrepreneurs. And C.K. Prahalad was working with uh, um, Oracle Corporation. And he had spent six months 
developing a strategy for top 300 people in Oracle. And uh, he had come to do the program for me. And at that time, he was telling me he just concluded, you know, Larry Ellison was there and 300 people were there. A lot of energy had gone in to come up with a strategy. You know, I just mentioned it to him. Ha, ah, that's wonderful. And then I made a note to myself, buy Oracle stock. He looked at it. He didn't comment on it for a few minutes. And after that, he puts his hand on my hand and says, uh, Prasad, if you think just because they came up with a great strategy and the leaders are aligned, if you buy the stock, you're going to lose a lot of money. Hmm. And he said, you know that Peter Drucker had said a long time ago, you know, um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. So if you want transformation to take place, it doesn't ha take place by people at the top saying something. But is that aligned with where the energy of the people uh, is and where they are aligned at a deeper subtle level, if their consciousness is not shifted by the strategy of top people, you know, these strategy sessions are great, but this too will pass, just like gas, he said. Mm -hmm. So, so I still true. remember it uh, after 15 years. Oh, so true. You, yeah, you can have a, a bunch of great minds locked up in a room processing and strategizing, yeah. but if they're not in alignment with the, the people who need to enact that strategy and make things happen... It won't happen. Yeah. Very much no, so. Won't. Okay. We are yeah. coming up on a break right now. So what we'll do is we'll continue the conversation. I want to pick up after the break, really diving into conscious leadership and transformational leadership, how you define those. And let's, let's explore more about spirituality after this break. So for all the listeners out there, feel free to go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. Check out my website and we will see you back here on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Look 
and inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Transformational Energy Leadership. I hope you can continue to look at my website during the break. I am joined today by Dr. Prasad Kaipa, and today we're talking about conscious to transformational leadership perspectives from Indian spirituality. And Prasad, before the break, we were talking about culture, we were talking about organizations, and how you have witnessed over time how things have changed. And it's so important for a leader to not only be technically savvy in terms of smart, you need to be you have to be with people, you have to be transformational, and there's a, a deeper sense of spirituality with all of that. And I, what I wanted to ask you <clears throat> in this portion here is, what are, what, how do you characterize or define conscious leadership? The way in which I look at conscious leadership is uh, there are two parts to it. One is obviously consciousness. There are lots of people who are very conscious. There are spiritual leaders, there are monks, there are, uh, you know, abbots and all kinds of nuns and everybody else. Except that just because you have consciousness, that doesn't necessarily mean it is easy for you to become an organizational leader or a business leader with that consciousness. And by the way, uh, some people ask the question, what is consciousness? The easiest way to define it is, it is awareness of awareness. Awareness of self and awareness of the environment, culture around you. When you have both of them at the same time, that means I know where I am, what I am doing, and I know what you want, and what I am doing is aligned with what you need. If I have um, both of them, simultaneously, then uh, I would say you are conscious, but that doesn't necessarily mean you are a leader. Leader, again, on the other side, is about leading oneself and other people for the, for the particular conversation we are having in the organization and in a business context, if you look at. What I found is it is easier to bring consciousness to leaders, but not always bring leadership to conscious people because conscious people sometimes are uh, connected with the deeper spirituality and deeper sense, but it is difficult for them to deal with the mundane practical matters. So to summarize, 
conscious leadership is about bringing the awareness of self and awareness of the organizational context to lead oneself as well as the organization to go some places it is not going automatically it is to create a direction a create a vector in which we can say this is where the organization will be a few years from now a few months from now that to be able to say it and to be able to deliver it is a conscious leadership wow 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 you're i i you know what stuck sticks out to me with what everything that you just said all of it's so on point and i love the part where you said that you can have someone who's conscious, but you can't bring leadership to someone who's conscious. That's just not enough. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You know, when we talk about the the, the term transformational leadership, mm-hmm. what does that bring up for yeah. you? What do you think of? Um, what I think of is, like in an Indian context, because I continually keep working between India and the United States, I keep working with the, both cultures. What I found is that transformation in uh, the uh, Indian context is going beyond the mind so that who you are is altered by what you do. And so that means if I were to call the uh, self or if you were to call the ego and the identity of the leader is transformed of course our language in the business we can say that means the mindset of the leader is transformed and the behavior is the leader is transformed so the person feels like uh, he or she is different through the leadership experiences and providing the kind of leadership that makes the organization to feel good and uh, to transform itself. So it's a long convoluted way of saying transformational leadership is at some level bringing a shift in perspective, a change in mindset, so that the organization could either do a 10x growth or it can become very ethical while it is making significant money are combining some things that are normally not combinable. Mm. And what you're saying is when transformation is truly there, the ego is transformed, that indeed yes. ethical companies can be very successful. Yes, they can. I, I, yeah, I, I love that because it, in so many ways, I mean, it, it sounds it, it sounds like that's the right way to go, but oftentimes we feel like, no, we've got to pound the pavement, we pave, you know, the pavement, we've got to work hard, do these things, and oh yeah, people are involved, and what you're saying is, wait a second, transformation means all the people are involved, egos aside, and we're moving towards a common good for everyone. Yeah, for example, think about printing on the two sides of the paper uh, when the double-side printing came in at one time. So it, it was a major headache for the printing companies like Hewlett-Packard, at that time Canon, Xerox, some of them, because the paper has to go back into the printer, so the dust and then the paper powder, you know, was actually corrupting the printer and creating more jams. Uh, but 
what they realized is it is environmentally ecologically a much better thing if they can master double sided printing so they actually charged about 10 15% over what it costs for a single sided printer but what it meant is that their profitability their bottom line had gone up because of uh, what they were able to do and uh, you know now every printer is a double sided printer similarly you can think about organic food movement uh, mm. organic food means uh, without putting the fertilizer uh, they do the food but uh, they they grow the fruits and they grow the vegetables but now that everybody is health conscious now everything milk is organic vegetables are organic everything else is organic and people are willing to pay sometimes 50% sometimes 100% over the price of regular food now every um, grocery stores including places like costco and walmart they have an entire section of organic food and people make a lot more money um doing the organic so that has become a movement so what i'm giving is these are conscious practices that organic food is good for you or uh, printing on the double sided paper will uh, kill less trees like that the whatever is the consciousness that we have about our health about the planet's health about ecology about each other about the ethical practices if we are willing to put in our effort by the way it doesn't mean it is easy uh, it will take time and it will take energy and you will have to fail and have to fortitude but when you have the energy and passion for it you will find a way you will become successful more often than uh, your fear tells you that you can it's i'm i'm loving the examples so what you're saying and you're making it very practical to be a conscious leader to be a transformational leader you're you're following your values you're doing what is right that deeper inner yeah. spiritual voice is saying you know what eating healthy doing the organic way is the right way to go and by the way people see that and they do they they subscribe to it as well as double sided printing i mean there's such good practical examples of when leadership is in alignment that yes mm-hmm. people are willing to to do the extra we've got a caller on the line from denver and i think okay. why don't we go ahead and take a caller her name it looks like it's laura laura are you there hi matt i am Hello, welcome I'm to the show. I'm really enjoying what you're sharing, fascinated with this past and future theme. And Thank you. I personally have been fascinated by the why and how that well-intended mm-hmm. leaders get lost along the way. I'm wondering if you were giving your younger self or our younger selves uh, for new and young <laughs> advice, what one thing would you say to us? Uh, one thing that would be great laura is as you said what and how are equally important and they have to move from one to another asking the question why allows us to dig into deeper purpose why is that i am doing and what is the noble purpose behind my action my business my product asking that question allows them to tap into values tap into the 
synergy tap into what the customers really need in other words it allows us to become more conscious of why we do what we do but if you stop at that that is when we have a lot of consciousness but not enough leadership that is when we need to ask that question how am i going to make uh, you know the higher purpose to become manifested that is when we have to go through the leadership context that is when we have to go through the energy and passion to manifest uh, whatever we decided that is the path what are the step 1 step 2 you know strategy and tactics to make that a reality so young people seem to be very conscious like if you talk about millennials and if you talk about even the next generation after millennials they seem to have clarity about their own leadership and they seem to have clarity about the protecting the environment or whatever other wonderful um, you know lead leadership opportunities that are there for us except sometimes they may be stuck with we are not our parents we are not our bosses we will do it our own way in that process they are not learning from the mistakes of their seniors and their bosses so what i would recommend is pay enough attention to how to do something by learning about the tradition by learning about the past mistakes and and the best practices from the past that way you will increase your chances of success significantly so others seniors can become mentors and sometimes they can also become interns so like uh, i love the word uh, chip conley introduced called mentors you know like the seniors have to become both interns to the younger people at the same time they have to be mentors so if younger people can pay attention to the wisdom that is there in the organization and with senior people and take leadership to go beyond where we have been i have a feeling the transformation will not be just for them and their organizations but the culture itself begins to transform does that make I- sense lora it it does and i i think you've got it right with the next generation that their consciousness it's it's so much more concrete but it does come mm-hmm. down to them asking themselves that question how am i going to manifest i'm feeling this way this higher purpose yeah. how would i manifest it um and i i guess i just have a fear that I'm glad they're not their parents, but how do they stay mm-hmm. on the right path and learn from the past? It's wonderful. I think you put it quite clearly, Laura. The concreteness of clarity gets in the way of fuzziness of energy. You have to pay attention to not just the concreteness, but the subtle and the causal. In India, we talk about three levels at which we manifest first we need to have clear intention the intentionality when we have when we manifest in our visions in our purpose if we can look at what is it that we are creating in the eye of the mind first clearly we can arch- architect it in our mind 
then we need to gain the perspective. That means we need to know what has been done outside, what has not been done by our predecessors and seniors. So we need to gain a perspective and a worldview about what is appropriate and what is the best way in which our intention can become a reality and how to temper our passion, how to uh, encourage as well as engage other people. That is the second thing. Third is uh, the action, the approach that we take to execute, execute, execute. But because before you did execution, you have set a clear goal and intention is clear, and then you have gained the conscious perspective of what has happened. These three together, you know, like in Sanskrit in India, they call it Icha Shakti, Jnana Shakti, and Kriya Shakti. Shakti means energy. Icha Shakti means that the energy of intentionality and the energy of the perspective and knowledge and energy of execution. If these three are aligned, integrated very nicely, I have a feeling the younger people will go 10 times farther than where we have been in organizations to bring about transformation. Love that Indian perspective of feel it, know it, go do it. Um, I have to say, you and Matt, I've been looking forward to this this Friday conversation. Thank you both. Thank you so much for the... Thanks for a wonderful question. Yes, fantastic. I, 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 and there's so much more Indian wisdom that I want you to share with us. We're going to take a break right now. Everyone stay tuned. We'll come back here in two minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Many of us define our lives by what has already happened. It's a past tense series of events. Do you long for something else? You don't have to live solely in this reality. Tune in for To Win Within with host Strom Thomason. Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back today. We're talking about transformational leadership from conscious leadership to transformational leadership and also looking at this from an Indian spirituality perspective. And that's exactly what we're going to dive into here with my special guest is Dr. Prasad Kaipa. And Dr. Kaipa and I, during the break, we were talking about how the Indian tenets and and you know, truths really, they just speak volumes of just wisdom about how we need to be thinking about leading our organizations and, and also this whole concept of consciousness and what what that looks like. And so I want to take this to a, a, another level with you, Prasad, and I want to talk about spirituality. And coming from India, you, you I mean, the culture there is just so rich and vibrant with so many different religions. And, you know, I, when I was doing my research and I've, I've been to India many times myself and when I did my doctorate and wrote my dissertation and interviewed all these leaders, Indian leaders, religion came up in every single conversation about in terms of, and I'll never forget, I was interviewing this woman. She was a president at an institution on the East coast. And she said, Matt, Religion is not an issue, or, or she said, what's so beautiful about living in India is when you're kids, I might be Hindu, you might be a Christian, you might be Islam, we all play together, and we all celebrate each other. Yeah. It doesn't matter, and it just really struck me, and that was one of the one of the pillars of my leadership framework that I came up with was that, I called it permeate boundaries, that that's what makes mm-hmm. so many, all, all the leaders in my research made them so successful is they were able to permeate boundaries. They could live in all the different lanes and be one with all different, everybody within an institution. They're just so successful at that. So I want to turn the conversation to you and, and let's talk more because you talk about, you bring up the Bhagavad Gita in your interviews that you did in your research. Tell me more about the spiritual domain for you. Okay. Uh, the you are bringing a very important point, Matt. The idea of permeating boundaries is a very critical thing. Part of uh, Bhagavad Gita and the Hindu wisdom, which is even though it's a Hindu wisdom in India, all religions permeate Judaism and, and Christianity and Islam might have come from Abrahamic traditions, but we have probably the second largest number of uh, Muslims, I think. So in terms of population, uh, over 200 million of uh, Indians are Muslims, and there is a significant number of uh, Christians in addition to Jains and Sikhs and Buddhists and Hindus. So the context is that only from the diversity that we can generate a sustainable unity So that is one core principle. That means paying attention to the differences and paying attention to uh, the various boundaries, whether they are educational, age, uh, sexual preferences, gender, and all the kinds of things. If we can have the differences, that's what makes us to, um, 
to be a better leader because we are more conscious of what works and what doesn't work. What we call as a scenario planning. What we call as getting everybody else to be open and uh, direct with us so that we know where other leaders in the management team stands makes the team to become extremely strong because we have represented uh, various perspectives that may include uh, customers, suppliers, you know, you know, various employees, unions. So the decisions that are made will get executed very, very well. So one perspective we talked about is the diversity and from the diversity comes unity. That is one of the Bhagavad Gita, it said in Bhagavad Gita, in addition to many Indian texts, whether they are Hindu or non-Hindu. The second thing that is also extremely important to pay attention to is the idea of energy uh, for transformational energy exists in each one of us. Another way of saying is that the consciousness permeates not only the individual, but it permeates everything that we see and experience around in the world. It is just that some may look more inert, some may look more uh, energetic, but they all have energy either in a potential form or a kinetic form. Uh, if we can figure out a way to tap into that energy, like, you know, you take a stone, the stone is totally useless, but if you take that stone up to the fifth floor and throw it from there, uh, you can essentially make a car to be crushed under that stone, even though it didn't do anything by itself. So that means the energy that we see in the plants or the trees or the rocks is just an inert form of energy. Whereas for human beings in leadership positions, they can also think about it and say, people who are on the uh, factory floor, people who are out there uh, in the boondocks with uh, customers might not matter. Only people who are in the headquarters who are wearing suits and having an executive bathroom are the only thing that matter is actually a um, policy because people who are out with the customers know a lot more. And if you pay attention to their energy and their passion, uh, then you can shift it. So there are concepts like um, the diversity, energy is a precursor to manifestation. All of these are some things which we can pay uh, significant uh, attention to. We can talk about it if you like, and I can elaborate it as we go forward. I Yes, I, I'm really, I'm loving the fact that you said energy and transformation exists within all of us. We all have the ability to yeah. do it. It's, it's funny, how do you tap into that? I When I heard you talking too, I was, I was reflecting on my conversations with, you know, so many different Indian leaders in my research. And mm-hmm. I remember there was a, a phrase that came up. It's a, it's a Bhagavad Gita teaching and it's, it's cherished, you know, not just among Hindus, but uh, uh, it transcends all. And it says this, it says, thine is the task, but not the fruits thereof. 
And I when yeah. I probed further and I said, well, what do you mean by that? What 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 does that say to you as a leader? And every one of them said it's all about doing your best in your role. It's tapping into that energy that you you and I are talking about here, and it's responding to that pull. So when it's your time to serve others, you do it with that reciprocal mindset that it's it's something that you do because it's manifested and it exists there. Yeah, it is. And there is uh, even deeper uh, application and meaning to that. What it means is when you set the intention, when you are clarifying purpose, obviously pay a lot of attention to um, what you want to have happen, what is the result that you are looking for, and uh, create very clear goals. That's perfectly fine. That is what we said a little while ago. Be Mm -hmm. clear about your intention. That's the first way to tap into the energy. But once you set the intention and the goal and you are clear about your strategy to get there because you gained the consciousness and perspective of the stakeholders and you have come up with a tactic to go forward, at that time, while you are doing that task, be conscious about various actions that you are taking, but do not get caught up with, you know, measuring whether the result is coming or not. You know, if you focus on the outcome rather than the effort that you are putting in, uh, you will lose out. It's like, think about it like, you know, it's spring now, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Both in Nebraska, in California, everywhere else. People are putting vegetables in their, you know, kitchen patches and everything else. If I put some seeds into the ground and every day I pour some water and dig up the ground to see whether the seeds are actually, you know, giving rise to small plants and uh, roots have come in or not, you will never be able to see any vegetables. So Mm -hmm. the idea is uh, you first uh, get the ground ready, put the fertilizer, put the seeds and trust that you have to keep on watering and protecting the saplings as they come in, they will take care of themselves and it will take a little bit of time. So the idea of, uh, you know, like what you said in Sanskrit, they call it karmanye vadikaraste mapaleshu kadachana. That means pay attention to what you have to do to execute your strategy. You have only right to take care of what needs to get done but you don't have a right to keep looking at the outcome because once you put your head down and get the things done other people will help you too but if you keep saying it's all because of me it's all because of what I did then chances are other people who are kind enough to support you they think that you are becoming egotistic and you are taking credit for everything everything that is happening and they will start helping you. So it is like that's how in organizational culture, the engagement, employee engagement, customer interest, when it dries up, your organization will go through very tough time. So that is the way in which I would interpret uh, the Indian scriptures because uh, the Indian philosophy is being validated by the neurosciences a neuro leadership that is coming up. And uh, there is a lot of attention we can pay to some of these wonderful statements like 
you only have a right to action but not to the result when we look at it in a conscious way in a big picture way we can gain some wonderful uh, management philosophies that will help us to become conscious leaders mm. i and you're right the, the neuroscience the, the neuro all the research that's going on down there is just proving so many things that we all know within ourselves to be true. And it's, it's isn't it interesting that so many of us have to have the facts to, you know, to, to then justify, yeah, okay, I, I knew that was right. I, you know, there's a, I remember there was a, an article by Mohandas Gandhi. He was talking about the Bhagavad uh-huh. Gita. And I remember he said, it was something like we have to act and we want good actions and actions to bring about good. You shouldn't, and I think this aligns very much with what you were just saying, you shouldn't be too desirous of the outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, he does say that. Yes. And yeah. He also said uh, at some level, when I can control my own urges, I cannot control the other person. If I can control my passion if i can control my fear if i can control my energy then i gain the soul power the power of my soul power of my integrity will give me ability to stand up to adversity and look at it in the face and succeed mm-hmm. so that's what actually is the model that another model they call it kundalini it says in each person the first three chakras chakra means it's like a energy center you know meridians right. chinese uh-huh. call it in each of us we have like seven meridians seven uh, energy points the first three are all about fear desire and greed and they connect very nicely to uh, the theory x theory y and theory z models of motivating people and those are the management techniques but at the heart which you call like a energy and passion center that is where actually the leadership begins to open up and when we tap into the uh, power and the energy of the heart another way of saying is when we are emotionally intelligent when we are appreciating and acknowledging the people when we are connecting them as people not just as resources we unleash the leadership power and that power can be tapped into the higher meridians which is one at the throat it's called authenticity the power of authenticity can be tapped into to help us become thought leaders and between the eyes the third eye as they call it that is where the diversity can be mined so that a person can become an intuitive leader and finally the head represents that we have to become a servant leader we have to become a wise leader so these three authentic leadership intuitive leadership and the wise leadership and servant leadership can be tapped into as three styles all from the energy meridians that are within each person so the And- conscious leader has to tap into not only the fear uh, desire and greed but also the love the voice and uh, the diversity intuition perspective those is, those are also the models that are very well talked about in the spiritual context but we need to bring them into the organization so that 
people can be much more conscious in bringing transformation. And I, and all of us have it, and that's that's what I so appreciate about what you brought to the conversation today is we all have these chakras and we all have these we have fear we have love and whether we admit it or not that's what makes us so human and makes organizations a human thing yeah. you know Prasad we are at the end of the show can you believe it it's already the end <laughs> before we <laughs> no. go what I, I do really want to ask is talking to you Oh, and it's been great talking with you. We could go on for another hour. If people want to con, if people want to contact you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, they can send me an email uh, at prasad at kaipagroup dot com, uh, or they can go to prasadkaipa dot com website. And finally, uh, I have a phone number four zero eight three nine three six nine. Eight four, they can send me a text or WhatsApp message, and they okay. can contact me. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Prasad. I'm so glad we finally were able to connect and get on the show together and and explore this whole dimension of spirituality in the workplace. And so, for everyone out there listening. If you've got a topic or, or or a person that you think could add some more to our conversation going down the road, please feel free to contact me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Until next time, harness your positive energy and make transformation happen. Talk with you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.